Well, welcome to See Here Love. I'm your host, Melinda Estherbrooks, and I'm so glad that you've joined us as we continue our coast-to-coast, across-Canada conversations. And today is show number six in beautiful Quebec. And joining me is my amazing co-host, Anne Miranda. Hi, Anne. How you doing, Mel? I'm I'm so excited. I know, Quebec. Honestly, this is one that we have come in the almost, I mean, aside from the other provinces, it's a little secret. One of the most excited we've been to hear the stories of our incredible guests today in Quebec. But can you believe that we started in BC, went to Alberta, then to Manitoba, then Saskatchewan, then Ontario, and now we're in Quebec. Like we have, we're really moving across the country. How are you feeling? Great. I, I feel like we're in like history class as well, geography class. We have learned so much social studies, some people call it that. And, you know, we've just learned so much about our country and met some incredible women along the way. And I'm excited for today's show. I know. And you know what? I think we're going to, we're going to learn a lot about Quebec today. And so I want to get started right away because you're going to be introducing our incredible special guests today. So Anne, go for it. I want to hear all about them. Right, we're going to start with Katrine. We were at a conference together and uh, that's how we connected and I would love you to introduce yourself to our guests and tell us which part of Quebec you are from. So my name is Katrine D. I was born in Belgium. I grew up in France. I've been living in Quebec in the city of Montreal for four years now since 2016. I'm an, a consultant in international law but I also teach the Bible I've been married for a year. I'm passionate about my husband and tea. I love that about tea. What's your favorite tea? Green tea. Oh, yes. Green tea. Fantastic. Well, welcome, Katrine. So glad to have you here. Thank you. And Denise, introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from in Quebec. Well, I'm actually from Ontario, but I moved here uh, to just outside of Montreal into Hudson, Quebec about nine years ago. I married a Quebecer and um, and since then I've been working as a freelance journalist and news producer. I work mostly in TV news, so I'm always wired. Um, and I guess my passions, apart from news and storytelling, is my six-year-old uh, German shepherd, Edith. I hope Edith shows up. I hope <laughs> she may bring the show. <laughs> she may. She will not be denied. <laughs> okay. Welcome, Denise. It's so good to have you here with us. And Elizabeth, tell us about you. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I'm 26 years old, and I'm from a small town called Trois-Rivières. It's actually the third oldest city in Canada. And I've been living in Montreal for eight years now. I work as a translator from French to English and English to French. Um. And yeah, I'm passionate about theology, about biblical counseling, justice, prayer. I'm absolutely in love with my local church in Montreal and its vision of spreading the gospel in the city. Keep myself busy with discipling teenage girls and visiting my family. Yeah. Powerhouse young woman we got on board here today. <laughs> I know we're going to learn a lot from you, Elizabeth, so that's fantastic. Welcome. Thank you. So wonderful. And Daria, introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from, Quebec. Yes, I'm Daria. I'm not quite as young as Elizabeth, um, but I'm from Vaudreuil, Dorion, which is a, a fast-growing city just off the island of Montreal. So at the west end of the island, before you drive on, uh, that's where I live. I've lived here for ten years, and I'm uh, I'm married to Matt, and we have a five-year-old son. 
um, who I've managed to get out of the house, but we might see my dog Kramer who might uh, come join us at some point. Um, and I lead the West Island Network, which is a, a network of churches working together for the good of the city. Um, so I get to uh, be really involved with church and community and ministry. And uh, I also co-facilitate facilitate our poverty reduction and social inclusion roundtable in the city. So uh, very involved in community and church. Wow. Okay. And um, we've got some dynamic women with us. I'm like, I'm not saying anything. They're all going to do the show today. Amazing. I can't wait to hear from you all. But before we do, we've got to get some Quebec trivia. So I'm going to ask a question. And the first person to raise their hand, I'm going to call on you. And we'll see if you know your province. Are you ready? Some may be easy. Some might be harder. First one. What flower is on the Quebec coat of arms? Your provincial flower. Oh, Elizabeth, it is? I'm not sure the English name, but in French, we call it the fleur de lys, which is, well, I guess it's a lily. That's it. Ding, 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 ding. You <laughs> that are like correct. logical. You are correct. Fleur de lys. So, okay, perfect. Okay, second question. Quebec comes from the Algonquin word Quebec, meaning what? What does Quebec mean from the Algonquin word? Anybody, anybody? No, no. All right. It means where the river narrows. That's what Quebec means. And what river do you think they are referring to? Yes, Denise. The St. Lawrence. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. So now you know that Quebec means where the river narrows and it's actually referring to the St. Lawrence River. Okay. Next up. It is the world's most photographed hotel. And this is by the Guinness World of Records. Hotels in Quebec. What hotel would that be? Oh, Daria, hands up. The Chateau Frontenac. Ding, 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 ding. Correct. I'm like... That's amazing. So, of course, I'm looking at pictures of the Chateau Frontenac, and it makes sense why it would be the most photographed hotel. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, last question. This is considered the most famous, famous dish in Quebec. It might not be the top in culinary experiences, but it is the most famous dish. What dish would that be to eat? Okay, Katrine, I don't think you've had a chance. What would you say, Katrine? I would say poutine. Yes! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay, but for those who don't know what poutine is, because many don't, and I can't believe they wouldn't know, what is poutine? Like, how would you actually officially explain what it is? So, I would say it's fries with gravy, cheese, and ketchup. Am I right? <laughs> so, you're like, is there ketchup on it? I don't put ketchup on it. <laughs> I let the Quebecers speak because I'm a French person technically, so I'll give up my right to explain the national dish. Uh, poutine I, is, is the best comfort food ever. Oh. <laughs> I wonder, I don't, when I'm not feeling well, a yeah. good big poutine fixes everything after Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how much poutine has been eaten during the whole COVID-19, like, time if it's a comfort food elizabeth i just wonder that'd be a really fascinating statistic to know how much has been consumed during this time while we're at home so it is french fries and then cheese curds 
with a gravy, and I guess some people put ketchup on it. Yeah, you, there, you can add other fancy ingredients, okay. but the basic yeah. usually doesn't include ketchup. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so you know, all of you know something about your province, which is good. There was tons more of trivia, but I think those were good ones. But as we sort of segue into that, because I just thought that was fun, for people who don't know about Quebec, what would you say is something really unique to your city or to Quebec that you just love, that you love about it or that you love doing? Denise, why don't we start with you? What would you say? Well, yeah, as somebody who's moved here and I've really had a chance working in news to really get to know the culture, the people, I just feel like Quebecers know better than anyone I've ever met how to create, make things beautiful, um, really like celebrate the festivals that are here, like every, the art, the art scene, it's so, um, it's, it's very natural here. And so I just feel like Quebecers have a really good sense of the creative energy the this aesthetic appeal so they really do that well here and the food is amazing okay love that uh daria what would you say something unique that you love about quebec and your city i totally agree with denise there um the thing i love about my city is how fast growing it currently is like i said it's uh, it's grown about 50 percent in the last 10 years that i've lived here um, actually, they're completely redoing our sewer system right now, so it's kind of intense to see. But um, and and just how um, Vaudreuil was a very traditionally French small town, and now it's actually growing to be a pretty big city, uh, full of young families and um, and a lot of uh, immigrants. Like on our on our street, um, you know, I'd say about half our street is is white, and the other half comes from all different places in the world, and it's it's amazing to live on such a diverse street in a diverse community um, in a fast-growing city and uh, yeah that's one thing I really love about Woldroy. Wow wonderful. Katrine how about you? I, I concur with what has been said previously. One thing I would add coming from France is how much I appreciate the bilingualism of the city. To be able in Montreal to be able to go out in the streets pick English, French, at hand, as you want, and the richness of the cultures that come behind that, because you have some of the casual aspects of the English-speaking world and the, the, the friendliness, the easiness with which you can connect with people, but then also the influence of European architecture, the food, the, the, the love for aesthetics, as was mentioned. So I love the richness of the cultures that come through languages and nature. I find Quebec and Canada absolutely beautiful just breathtaking beautiful amazing thank you katrine elizabeth let's end with you what you love about quebec and your city well i'm an outdoors person and in montreal there's mount royal right in the center of the city and i love going on morning walks before going to work climbing up the mountain taking in the view praying there and it's just it's so fun to have nature right there in the middle of the city and i just come back from two weeks of vacation and i've just been enjoying being swimming in rivers and that's like the highlight of my summers is swimming in quebec rivers there's that's great there's yeah. rivers everywhere amazing i didn't know that i know that there's a lot when i was looking through the trivia there's a lot of rivers that you have but in that what would you say is the one thing that you would like the rest of canada to know about quebec why I say that is for many of us, I mean, even what Anne and I said, every province has this unique flavor 
and unique sort of provincial stamp on it that a lot of us, especially me living in Ontario, don't know, didn't know about the beauty of each province. And I think that we need to share that more. Like I think Anne and I were realizing that as we go through each province, we were like stunned and astounded by these amazing things that were happening in each province. And we had no idea about festivals or whatnot, or even just nature and places you could go. So here's sort of your kind of like rah-rah, gush-gush on Quebec to let us know what you want us Canadians to know about your province. So now's your time to gush. Uh, Daria, let's start with you. But what would you say that you would want us to know about you and 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 the land there and the 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 vibe there too? Yeah. So uh, this might be a little loaded. I was trying to think of how to word this, but um, I grew up as an English-speaking person in Quebec, and a lot of when I've traveled, people were shocked, like, "Oh, you don't have a French accent?" No, because English is actually my first language, um, and that twenty-three percent of Quebec is actually English-speaking. Um, so there is that component and there's also been, I feel like historically a bit of a division between the French and the English. And I feel like right now, um, and I don't know if it's just me, uh, but I feel like that divide is, is closing. I feel like, you know, as kids, my son is going to start in kindergarten next year and I'm excited that he, his school is going to be 93% French and that he's going to be learning French and, uh, I want him to grow up bilingual where I feel like I was raised where no you are English and you're going to be raised English and uh, this next generation is raising their kids to uh, be bilingual and love both cultures and and be united and be be French and English and or yeah especially for the English people anyway like this importance of um, the unity and togetherness that I really um, I find healing and uh, great for our province. You know, that actually gave me goosies uh, <laughs> in that that's encouraging because I've always thought there was such a divisiveness between French and English. That's what we always sort of assumed or we heard or mm -hmm. taught, whatever, however we outside of Quebec knew. And so that's really, Daria, encouraging to hear that, that maybe that divide, that divide is, is not so sort of stark and so real as it used to be. Yeah, I think it's getting a lot better. Yeah, that's amazing. Great news. Thank you. Katrine, your thoughts about that, what you want Canada to know or the world to know about Quebec? Uh, I'll take my background. I've been living in France most of my uh, life, and Quebec has an extraordinary influence in the French Christian-speaking world. A lot of ministries are grown here and then go back to France and the French-speaking world in general in Africa. A lot of the digital platforms, the, the podcasts, the broadcasts, the TV, the French TVs in the Christian world are actually locally based in Quebec. So it's extraordinary to think how, how much of a blessing Quebec is to the French-speaking world in Christian circles. And it's one of the reasons I came to Quebec, to, to beneficiate from that richness and be able to contribute. Oh, more gooseys. And when I say gooseys, it's like goosebumps. I'm like, that's amazing. I think, no, I didn't know that. I think a lot of people didn't know that or don't know that, that a lot of that the work is and, and, you know, like you're saying, media or broadcast is in Quebec for French speaking. I, I was living in Paris. Most of my friends would know most of the big names of Quebec's pastors or preachers, and we would listen to them regularly. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's really encouraging. Thank you. Elizabeth, your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I actually had poutine on my list. 
<laughs> but I'll skip that part. Um, I'm so encouraged to hear what Daria and Katrine have shared. It's, it's really nice to hear. Um, I would, I would like to mention something that might be a bit heavy too, but um, a lot of people I, I've, meet, I've met elsewhere in Canada or from the States didn't know this, but that Quebec is really one of the biggest mission fields in North America, um, if not the biggest. Um, less than 1% committed evangelical Christians here. Um, and it's among the top provinces for hard things like suicide, divorces, abortion. Um, it's not the only one, but it's among the top. And Montreal, it's a hub for human trafficking in North America. Pornhub is ha headquartered in Montreal. It's, yeah, it's a needy place. The people here are great, but they're, they need hope. And um, yeah, I, I like to remind people that we need the gospel here. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank you for that. I think that's a good reminder because sometimes we don't know, we assume other places. And yet what you're saying, it's like basically a province away or right at our doorstep that these things are happening. And it's always, always good for us to be reminded so that we can be mobilized and motivated to do something, do something practical, pray, or even ourselves get involved in, in sharing good news and, and helping people in these areas. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for that reminder. Denise, let's end with you, your thoughts on what you want people to know about Quebec. Yeah, it's not a scary place. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, I people view Quebec like you were talking about with this, uh, you know, everybody's just political and angry or whatever. And it's like, it is so not like that at all. And I think, um, you know, I've really gotten to know this place. Um, understanding the history where the people come from and the challenges they've had, uh, you know, to survive as a French speaking place in a huge English pond of North America and, and just how important that is, but also the bridges that Derry is talking about. I really see that happening more and more people coming together. It's, you know, we don't always have to live in these two solitudes that there are common areas that, we can all um, relate to. And even though the church is small here, it is really a small Christian community. Um, I think it's a, a hearty community because people are the minority of the minority of the minorities. So that's uh, something I've learned coming here. Thank you so much. You know, those are really big, heavy topics, but encouraging and hopeful topics. And that I know that when we come back after our break, we're going to be discussing more about that as we share about what's keeping you spiritually and mentally strong during this really tough year of 2020. And also you'll be sharing personally your hope for the church and for those that follow Jesus when we come back. So I can't wait to hear from all of you, your thoughts. Uh, let's take a short break. Stay with us. Check out the See Here Love podcast and get the backstory. Get the inside scoop on real issues and real answers on common challenges we all face in relationships and in life. Find See Here Love on Apple Podcasts. Hi, I'm Melinda, host and executive producer of See Here Love, and I hope you are enjoying our conversation today. Well, you may not realize that See Here Love is made possible by the support of viewers and listeners like you. So would you please consider becoming a monthly donor? Any gift goes a long way in helping us build a community of women and men who talk about real issues and struggles as we navigate our faith together. Well, please go to seeherelove.com now and click on the big purple donate button. Thanks so much. Start your week off with me in your inbox. 
Sign up for our weekly newsletter today for exclusive content of See Here Love, blogs, behind-the-scenes footage, and access to giveaways you'll love. Sign up today and let's start our week together. All right, well, we're back with Katrine, Daria, Denise, and Elizabeth, incredible women living in Quebec today and sharing their thoughts and hopes uh, for us and to us. And Anne, I know you have, a, you have a great question for them as we kick off our second part of the show. Right, I'm gonna ask the same question to each of you. I'd love to start with Elizabeth. And I wanna really uh, talk about how you are doing. How are you keeping mentally and spiritually strong through this time? I mean, there is a ton going on in our world right now. And what are you doing in the day-to-day? Uh, how have you been you know, coping? How have you been strong? Elizabeth, why don't you kickstart us? Sure. Um, well, when COVID hit here, I was living in Montreal, and my whole family is in Trois-Rivières, my hometown. And I have several people with uh, who are whose health is they're at risk. So I couldn't bear the thought of being away if anything happened. So I currently staying at my parents' place, and they have adopted two little handicapped babies. And so it's been great to be here, but it's been very challenging as well to be all together, a lot of action, a lot of needs as well. And it's been a bit of a hard blow for me to see, like I find pandi- the pandemic and the confinement has just highlighted and may come out of me like the ugly side. And it's been such a hard blow to face that and to see how far I am from what I hoped I was, but in the same time, how good God is amid it all. Like it's just been his spotlight on a lot of issues that have been just coming out, but then the spotlight also on his grace. And so um, how I've been coping, I've been um, trying to stay connected with friends, trying to uh, stay active as well. I've been running a lot with my sister, Um, but also just, I'm hungry for his grace, for God's grace, and he's been showing it to me in so many wonderful ways lately through community and through, through scripture. So, yeah, I'm, I'm coping by trying to hang on to the truth of God's love for, for me and for the world. Hey, it's Chris, friend of See, Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See, Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. I'm being like so vulnerable and so honest. So thank you for that. And I know that you're incredibly young, but yet so intuitive. To who you are and the people around you. I mean, Daria, you are entering into people's stories on the daily um, with like the church network, and there's so much. I just want to unpack, you know, what you actually do. Uh, what about personally? How have you been keeping mentally and spiritually strong? Um, yeah, I, I already feel like life is like a balancing act, trying to work and um, normal life is hard. So COVID kind of just put it into an extra hard balancing act where I've definitely fallen off the beam a few times, um, trying to, trying to do that well. 
um, yeah, work, like when COVID hit, work just got crazy intense with trying to figure out needs in the community, helping church engage, um, leading our poverty reduction roundtable, figuring out the needs. Um, it was just crazy. Uh, I realized a few months in that this is not just, I can't live in crisis mode forever and that uh, this is going to be new normal. And that means I need to take a few days vacation and figure out what life is going to look like. Um, I, I actually go on vacation again tomorrow. So I'm currently trying to get myself ready, like stop working. So today has been a crazy day. Um, and I think just to, I mean, yeah, I wake up some days and I tell my husband, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just depressed. Um, and he tells me to either go exercise or journal. And usually that helps. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been some really hard days. And um, yeah, I, I, like I said, exercising, journaling. I've also been listening to a, um, an app called Le Lectio 365, 24-7 prayer put it out. Um, so some days when I just feel like I don't have anything in me, I lie on my bed and listen to that Lectio 365, which brings me, um, back into my priorities and focus. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, it's every day is kind of different and, um, it's learning to live that balance. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for that resource. And we'll end up, um, posting that somewhere because that's really the word of God, just like refreshing our minds, renewing our minds. I mean, uh, this is, there's a lot going on in our world. And sometimes we're like, am I normal? Am I going through this stuff? You know, am I by myself? I feel like so alone. And so Denise, what have you been doing you know, to keep yourself both mentally, spiritually strong? And yes, there's COVID. There's also, there's so much social unrest. There's so much political unrest and you love to enter into the story and tell that story. So sometimes you have access to story that other people may not have, and then you retell it. So how do you keep yourself strong in the midst of everything? Well, I, I think it's like what Daria was saying, you have to turn off sometimes because it is overwhelming. And I remember when the pandemic started, I was actually, you know, news is considered an essential business. So we were open and there was a great need for, for me to come in and fill in for people to do things. And so it was very busy actually at the beginning. And it was actually for, for people who are, you know, journalists, this was kind of a rush, you know, because it's like the biggest thing that's ever happened in our generation. Um, so you're covering this and you're trying to understand what's going on. And I feel like now it's funny if when you go in the newsroom or if you go uh, some of these places, there's um, the adrenaline's definitely worn off and people are exhausted. And it's, it's really, I'm sensing there's just a collective exhaustion going on around us. And I, I myself feel that at times. And so what I try and do is um, I know uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to live in nature. So I definitely take uh, advantage of that. Having a dog, you have to get your dog walked every morning and we take long walks uh, with Edith. And, you know, and that really helps me because it's a daily routine I can keep. And, and another thing that's been helpful for me um, is to look at it day by day. And I, and I realized like my husband's wise, he said to me in the beginning of this, he's like, this is a marathon. It's not going to be over anytime soon. We don't even know when the end of that, where the end of the tunnel is on this. So we have to really live day by day. And that's so hard for me to do, to live, not have not always thinking about the future, not always thinking about the past, but to just try and live here and now it's very hard. So that's one of the challenges I've had. And I think just, just really living simply has helped to kind of 
deal with the ongoing craziness that's around us. Wow, good. Yes, so great, so wise. Katrin, what about your experience? Tell us how you've been keeping mentally and spiritually strong during this time. Before I do, I want to check because my husband had an emergency. There is a ringing in the back, and I don't know if it's disturbed, but disturbing or not the sound. I didn't, I didn't hear. Yeah, I didn't hear it during because you were muted. So I think I think we're okay. Okay. Can I? Okay. It's talking. Will it's that's okay. like yeah. Okay. So um, I think what has been helping me is when it's the word season. Uh, I think of Paul when he writes to the Philippians and he says, I've learned the secret of being content in any situation. Or I think of the Israelites in the deserts and they're leaving Egypt and there, is, there could be the temptation to go back to what has been known, to what felt known, or to want to be in the promised land already. But God is doing something in them of embracing the season, embracing the way through which he takes them. And so we, we've been married for a year. We were planning on doing our honeymoon um, this summer. We were planning, my, my husband is from Cameroon. I'm from France. We were planning to travel all over. So that's not happening anytime soon. And so the tendency at first would be to hope to go back to normal. I've heard that a lot, go back to normal. But then I've been working on this is normal in the sense it's present. It's what we live with. So I've been trying to embrace the season and instead of trying to escape it, to either go back to what was known or already to what is to come, to pray and let God tell me, what are you doing in this season in my life? What is it, what is it that you're doing now? And I heard or I felt this is a forced Sabbath. So instead of traveling the world, you'll be here, you'll be working on your marriage, you'll be laying foundations, you'll love and enjoy the rituals and the rhythms I'm, I'm putting in place for your married life. So it's been a lot about embracing the season and finding that rhythm and a lot of reading, a lot of, of walking with my husband, speaking and, and just being rooted and find how we root those two cultures together in Quebec, which is yet another culture. Mm. Wow, that is so good. You know, to all of you, I really appreciate the honesty about your experience during COVID-19. And for many, just so that you know, in all the provinces that we have talked to, it's been the same. You know, exhaustion, depression, knowing it's a marathon, uh, being honest about it, nature, walks, running, prayer, journaling, all these things. And so it's been encouraging that it's kind of like a thread that we all get it. It's, it's a lot about choosing then to do it. Like what we know we need to do, then doing it versus sort of like sitting there and in our head we know, but we don't do it. So thank you for that. That's really encouraging. I think for a lot of women, those really sort of clear sort of tips and things you're doing are really going to help them. I want to now transition into this question because I think it's an important question for you, especially as followers of Jesus and those that are working in so many different areas where you're impacting and influencing people. I want some hopeful thoughts too. You know, what are your thoughts on the hope of the church? When I talk about church, it's not necessarily the institution, but the people that are within the church. And, and as followers of Jesus, what, what is the hope? What is your hope for loving our neighbor, inclusion, getting through this together. I think I just want to hear from you and your own experience. What are you hoping for, for uh, your community, for yourself, and, and the hope of the church in Quebec, but also just hope? 
hopeful things that, that you can share because I think more now than ever, we need to hear hopeful stories and, and hope discussion and dialogue today. So Denise, I want to start with you. What would you say um, is your hope for the months and years ahead for the church and for people that follow and love Jesus? Yeah, I think well, it's a real time of shedding things that just don't matter, you know, and getting rid of like all the stuff that just weighs us down. Um, because honestly, like not even having church, like in the, sen in, the, in the sense of what we had before, we don't meet in a group, we don't, you know, we're, we're connecting through technology. It's actually forced me to find other ways to connect and I connect with my neighbors more. Um, and I really feel like that's kind of, you know, how we, we are not, just because we're in a pandemic, it doesn't mean we don't have relationships that we can, that God wants us to develop. And, you know, there are, there are opportunities around us. There are places, there are people around us. And I, I feel like that's challenged me to kind of, instead of tapping into an institution or something that I think I'm, I'm actually finding more ways to connect with God and my neighbor. And I think it really just starts there. So I'm just, I'm just trying to be, be more quiet, be more uh, simple in my faith in the sense of not get, of just getting rid of the other stuff and focusing on the things that really matter. Mm -hmm. Denise, that's great. Cause it's really what matters. It's right in front of you. Basically what they say, mm -hmm. like your hand, what you that's have, all we have right here and literally next door to you, your neighbor to actually focus mm -hmm. on versus all the other things that might've distracted us before. So keep it simple. I love it. Keep it simple and what God has placed and given to you right here. I love it. That's brilliant. I love it. Thanks, Denise. Uh, Daria, your thoughts on that? The hope that you have for the church and especially with the work that you're doing. I mean, you're connected with all kinds of churches. What are your thoughts uh, for this question? Yeah, so I've, I've lately been reminded of a quote, uh, quote by Ray Bakke, who was one, oh, is one of my academic mentors, that says... Um, we Christians are the only people who could truly discuss the salvation of souls and the rebuilding of city sewer systems in the same sentence. And I guess what that reminds me of is this idea of saving grace and common grace. Um, and of course, we talk a lot about saving grace, but um, part of our role as Christians, I think, is to care about our communities, to love our neighbors, uh, and just the common grace of our cities. Like cities are an amazing place where people find refuge and hope. Um, and so how do we as the church uh, care for our cities? And um, and I find a lot of hope in uh, the West Island Network that I, I get to work with and the way they've come together. We started a project uh, trying to uh, identify hidden poverty and reduce it in the West Island. And we came up with a project uh, in, at Christmas, we were going to call it Love Your Neighbors, uh, and we collaborated with our Poverty Reduction Roundtable and a bunch of community organizations, and the first week of COVID, we were actually supposed to all get together and come up with the top 10 ways to love our neighbors, uh, as, as many churches and many community organizations vary together, and uh, we actually came up with the top 10 ways to love our neighbors during COVID-19. Uh, we had to quickly pivot and, and change that, and so we've been... Um, working at that together with the community as churches um, and and really just trying to serve our cities through this time and I, I mean I guess my hope is that uh, churches would continue to grow in that and they are growing in that and um, just this love for neighbor this love for neighborhoods and knowing your neighborhood knowing your city and serving and loving it with common grace 
Mm, that's wonderful. And isn't that, isn't it interesting that there's a time now where we're, we're kind of like five months out of COVID or not even out in COVID. And, you know, at first it was like all the negative things that it was causing. And it, and it was, there was, there was some really devastating things that have happened. But what was interesting is people started thinking of creative ways and all of a sudden saying, oh, wait a second, maybe this is an opportunity for us to really love our neighborhood and the people that are around us and the people that are with us and the people that we see every day, which is always kind of like looking out when actually we should be looking maybe a little closer to where God has put us and in the spaces that we are and to be present in those places. So that's really hopeful news. And I'm encouraged for the work that you're doing, Daria. Uh, working with churches. So we'll be praying for you and cheering you on as you continue to motivate and, and sort of like uh, collaborate with these churches to do the good work of neighborhood love, right? And loving our neighbor. So thank you for that. Fantastic. Katrine, for you, your hope for the church and for those that follow Jesus. Using back, uh, using the idea of embracing the season again. Um, I think this is such an opportunity for the church to not necessarily want to go back to the way things were doing before. A bit like Denise was saying, that, well, very much like Denise was saying, the words that I've been pondering were, uh, if I use corporate language, I would say auditing. If I use biblical language, I'd say pruning. But this is such a time to take stock of what we've been doing. Is it essential or not? Is it, is it what God wants us to be doing? And I think this is such a moment to ask God, what are you doing in this season for the church? What should we let go of and what should we embrace? And I think very much, as she said, going back to simple simplicity and essential things. And I think community. And I, I've always been a, a big a promoter of small groups. And I think not, not small groups as in per se, it needs to look like that, but more the idea of where do you do all the one another's of the Bible, the love one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, confess your sins to one another. And it's at that smallest unit of family, small group community. And so I think, I hope the church embraces the other time and season that's given to it and, and, and seeks that essential aspect of community and loving one another. Yes. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent agreed. I think you're right on. Fantastic. Thank you, Katrine. Elizabeth, one with you. Your hope for the church. You love the church. You're, you know, you're a young sort of millennial that's got this passion. Uh, let's end with you with your thoughts. Well, the girls said it all. Um, but no, I agree. I feel like our weaknesses have been put into the light a lot through COVID, but also God's work and God's grace and as I said before, I've been seeing it a lot in my own life, but I'm also, as I've been here in my hometown and getting to reconnect with some friends I haven't seen in a long time and talking with them, it seems like it's so much easier to talk about the root issues, like rather than being superficial in our, our dialogues, we just can be honest about how life is difficult for everyone right now and then get more quickly to the to the reminder of our anchor is in God and our hope is in him and so I've had Christian friends here that I've reconnected with and I see God is so much at work in their own personal lives and in their marriages and their own communities but I'm also I find it easier in some ways somehow to connect with some of my non-Christian friends too because the superficiality of life is no longer there we're all in the same boat of struggling but there's a hope that I can get to share. 
but I've also been seeing in my own church just um, how this pandemic has has shaken our comfort zone, but has also led us to, as was mentioned, be creative in ways to connect with one another. And we, right in the first week, um, two friends and I, we had started this daily prayer meeting and it was huge at the beginning. A lot of people were joining it. And then over time, you know, we kind of get exhausted as was mentioned and it's, it's been already five months, you know, it's, it's been a long time. So you see some people are getting tired of screens. And so the prayer meeting has been reducing, but then you, you also get to see that those who stay are the, those who, who really have it at heart. And so there's kind of like a, a pruning, like you, you mentioned, Katrine, and, and God is at work. And there is a beauty in the faithfulness in those who, who keep showing up, even when it's hard. And when we show up, God shows up too, and he does his work. And it's, it's just been beautiful to see in my own church, in my friends' lives, and in my own life as well. Thank you. So, yeah, there's hope. Amazing. Well, and I appreciate that um, to all of you, Denise and Daria, Katrine, and Elizabeth, about hope. So I think that we have to keep speaking that language and sharing hope. And, and hope, not just sharing it uh, by words, but action and deed, as in being within the community, helping the cities, um, working in the city, cheering the city on, supporting local businesses and city. Like, I, it really is that. And I think I'm hearing that more and more uh, within my own friendship and influence about us really kind of like gathering and, and helping one another in our city and the work. So thank you. That is very hopeful news. And speaking of hope, I know that Anne has a devotional. Um, I love them. And because you've every province, you've done a devotional to, to encourage our guests, but also to encourage those in our province, but also to encourage um, our country. So what do you have for us today from the good word? Well, Quebec is a super special place for me because my um, family on my father's side immigrated from Lebanon to Quebec mm -hmm. like 50 years ago. And so even in light of what's happening right now in the Middle East and in Lebanon specifically, I mean, you have a huge Middle Eastern community specifically from Lebanon, but Quebec was a resting place for them, a place to heal, a place to call home, a, a place of promise and a future. And then I started to research a little bit of history of Quebec, because that's kind of where these uh, devotionals take me. And I found out, Mel, that on the coat of arms and on the license plate is this Little, it's just like three words in French. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try my best. It's je me souviens. And it is, I remember. And then I started, I was, why do they have that on their license plate? 1978, that's when I was born. What, what, what is that? How come they changed it from the belle, La Belle Provence, beautiful province, to this, I remember. And I found out that it was because they didn't want to literally in all the histories that I was looking up and researching says we will not forget we will never forget our ancient lineage traditions or memories of the past and it was this declaration over the people of Quebec that they would never forget their roots and the more that I researched the more that I realized our Canadian anthem actually was written by two French Canadian men uh, that were from super tiny, you know, towns, Saint Placide, and this other one that is, doesn't even exist anymore because it was in the outskirts of Montreal. And it was these two people so long ago that embedded in the, Can the original Canadian anthem to remember their creator. 
to remember that uh, God is the supreme authority over our country and over our province and that we would give him honor and tribute. And I went, whoa, this, this, the foundation of Quebec is on the word of God to remember the traditions of the Lord, God himself, and yes, our French, you know, the European roots. They're, they were kind of combined back in the day. And then I started to, that kind of took me on a path um, of going, how many times does the Lord actually say, you know, remember, it's such a huge party. I think so many of us will think about the Last Supper and how the Lord said, you know, do this in memory of me. Remembering is a common theme in the Bible. But Psalms 143, when David actually calls out to the Lord and says, Lord, you remember, I'm, I'm actually remembering you, who you are right now. So you remember me, but I'm remembering, it says, verse five to eight, the days of long ago, I meditate on your works and I consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go for to you I entrust my life. And these words just kind of grounded all these thoughts. Quebecers, you remember, you're, that is your slogan, to remember. And I guess my encouragement today is let's remember this, the work that the Lord has done, that long ago he has declared Quebec to be his, that long ago he has declared this nation to be his, and that as we spread out our hands right now because we thirst for him, because we're in a parched land, all of us globally are going like, God, I am thirsty for you. Please bring us hope that we want your unfailing love to come and nurture us and, and kind of and secure that the future has hope in it to remind ourselves that we are the carriers of hope to this country and to this province. And so I encourage you and I want Catherine to pray in French for us as we uh, wrap up our show today. Um, Catherine, can you do that and just declare the Lord's promises on Quebec and we are going to join in with you. Seigneur Jésus, notre Père Saint-Esprit, je te remercie pour la beauté du Québec. Je te remercie, je, je prie avec humilité en tant que personne qui est immigrée ici. Je te remercie pour l'accueil que cette province m'a fait. Je te remercie pour l'accueil qu'elle fait à tant de personnes. Je te remercie pour cette terre d'asile, pour cette terre de, de, de diversité qu'elle est. Et je te remercie en particulier pour deux choses. La beauté, c est, c est, c est, cette province est tellement un témoignage à ta gloire de créateur. Elle, elle parlait, Anne parlait de « je me souviens mais, », mais ta création tout entière crie fort. Souviens-toi de qui est ton créateur. C'est impossible de passer à côté de ta beauté créatrice dans la, Québec de, dans la province de Québec et je te remercie pour ça. Et je prie comme cette essence de qui tu es continue de crier, d'appeler ton peuple à revenir à toi. Merci pour cette nature, merci pour cette beauté, mais merci aussi pour le message qu'elle proclame. Et je te remercie aussi, en particulier pour l'Église du Québec. Je crois qu'on a vu aujourd'hui le paradoxe de, de, de cette terre qui est tellement desséchée spirituellement, mais qui en même temps, quand elle produit des lampions à ton effigie, sont tellement forts, tellement puissants et brillent tellement loin. Et je te remercie de ce que vraiment la lumière brille dans les ténèbres. Et dans la province de Québec, qui est ténébreuse, tu as établi une église forte, tu as établi une église qui, 
qui éclaire les nations. Et je te remercie pour cette église, je prie que tu la protèges, je prie que tu lui permets de saisir l'opportunité de la saison actuelle pour continuer à briller encore plus et à amener cet espoir et à appeler les nations, et pas juste le Québec, à se souvenir de qui tu es et à, à, à ouvrir son cœur pour t'accueillir. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Catherine. So appreciate that. You know, as we are sort of wrapping up the show, I, I do want to end with a last takeaway from each one of you uh, to just sort of like tell uh, women in Quebec and in Canada, the world, just one takeaway, one encouragement that you want to share as we close. Denise, how about we start with you, your, your last takeaway today? Yeah, I mean, I'm just encouraged uh, myself just doing this um, because it just makes me realize I'm not alone. And I think that's the message. This pandemic does separate us from so many people and things and groups and everything else, but we are not alone. And there is a community of people that, that are here and um, we can and we need to support one another. So that's my takeaway. Beautiful. Thanks, Denise. Elizabeth? Your final takeaway for us today? Um, I think it would be that when we meet people from other provinces who come from different cultures, different languages, let's, let's be curious, let's lean into one another's stories, let's ask each other questions. Um, as was mentioned before, there's this sometimes this divisiveness between this culture clash that we have and I think we We all need to, as Quebecers and people from the outside, to be curious and humble about one another's stories. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Elizabeth. Daria, your last thoughts? Yeah, I think it would just be that being a woman these days is hard. And um, uh, it's a balancing act between uh, jobs for those who who work and families for some people have young kids um you know trying to manage a home and a life and uh, friendships and um and it's just hard it's a balancing act but it's it's a balancing act and i think we have to see it as that and um just keep balancing just keep uh it's okay for, to sometimes fall and to get yourself back up again and just keep going and trying to find that rhythm and that and that pace and to figure out who and live in what what who god's called you to be um as a woman so mm, keep going good. yeah thank you great reminder katrine your last thought your last takeaway what i really appreciate about this show is that it helps us rediscover quebec as a province for ourselves and discover other provinces and i think sometimes when you're so used to something you can take it for granted And with that, my encouragement to women is we've been given a lot, each one of us, but you can either take them for granted or get used to it. And just as we've been reflecting on Quebec and I, by reflecting on the province, get to love it even more, I would encourage women to stand before God and ask for new eyes, new perspectives on themselves to see what, maybe what they've taken for granted when you're with yourself all the time, you get used to yourself and to what God has given you, but to be refreshed in a new perspective of who we are, the potential and the beauty he's been given us and how much we can appreciate for the benefit of others. Beautiful. Thank you, Katrine. Wonderful. And any last, last thoughts for you as we close up? We knew this was going to be a special show. <laughs> we totally did. We did. We really did. And it was really special. Like I am really 
humbled and count this as a privilege, uh, Katrine, Denise, Daria, and Elizabeth, to be in your presence, to hear a bit of your story. I mean, there's so much more, but just even your thoughts on your province, uh, you sort of the hope that you have uh, for the church, and I think just how you honestly have been trying to navigate through uh, this this crazy year that we have before us. And But for you to be here, still here, and sharing your story and still hopeful about tomorrow, not too far down the tunnel, as Denise said, but just for tomorrow, just for today, that's hopeful and good. And God bless you in all, in all that you do, in the work that you do, whatever you put your hands toward, whether that's taking care of your puppy, whether that's going on vacation, whether that's all the work that you do and being with your family, you know, we will be praying and cheering you on uh, that God would energize you and continue to give you that wisdom and peace and grace that you need. So thank you so much, all of you, for being on the show today. And to you, our uh, viewers and listeners, we thank you so much for journeying with us on our Coast to Coast Conversations as this is number six and we still have the Maritimes to go and the Yukon, uh, Northwest Territories and Nunavut as well. So make sure that you come back to our website, seeherelove.com for all of those details, to watch past shows, to read incredible blogs and to uh, read some of our great resources that we have to help you on your journey through, whether it's COVID-19 or just journey through faith. Uh, make sure you go there. And always know, here's the promise that we love to say here at See Here Love. And we hear it so much that women are don't feel seen, heard, and loved. But we want to proclaim to you today that you are seen, that you are valuable and valued, and that God sees you even when you feel that you aren't seen at all, that you are heard, that your story matters, that this is a place where we want to amplify your voice and story because we know that when we share our stories, we learn together that we're not alone. And then to be reminded that you are and that we are loved by God. As Anne said, the, the one who created us and was there from the beginning, you are loved by him. So know that truth today. And we are so thankful that you were with us uh, watching and listening to the show and hope to see you again soon. So from all of us here in Quebec and in Ontario, we say goodbye. God bless you, and thanks for joining us. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.